Hey guys, welcome to the Tweet Coast Church Podcast. So glad that you could join us. Now prepare your hearts for another inspiring message from one of the Tweet Coast Church crew. Lord God, I thank you for these people. Thank you for these moments that we get to have together to focus, to steal our heart and to focus upon you. We thank you that this story of Jesus is real and we ask that you, Holy Spirit, would just come and reveal afresh to each one of us in this place this morning the goodness of Jesus, the goodness of God, the goodness of the birth of Jesus in our lives. We ask this today. May there be rejoicing in every heart by the time that we finish here in another 25 minutes or so. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 So good, so good. Well, I've been speaking about unwrapping Christmas the last couple of weeks. My, we've been speaking about peace, unwrapping peace, unwrapping joy. Uh, we unwrap a whole lot of things at Christmas typically, but I think peace and joy is virtues that are so important for our lives. and They're not separate from the Bible or from Bible's teaching, but they're actually a fundamental part of what Jesus came to bring into our lives, peace and joy, and they've been beautiful. And we're continuing that today, again, unwrapping something of Christmas. And I need Tiffany here to come and help me because I've got a present for all of us. But Tiffany's going to open it on our behalf today. You can stand just over here. Come on up, Tiffany, right there. You're going to be an awesome mum, by the way. <laughs> Expectant in Easter. It's just so good. Well, now we announce it to everybody. Hey, there's nothing like a, you know, declaration, celebration. We can do a sign and put it on the side of the building if you like. <laughs> Tiffany is expectant. No, it's okay. Does that make up for it if I give you like a Christmas hug? <laughs> Come on, open the present. Let's change the topic. Been talking about peace and joy. And Tiffany and John are just full of so much peace and joy for so many reasons. And uh, rip it open. Come on, like your five-year-old little girl all again. Now, see, this is special. This is so special. And it's tangled. And that's just like Christmas sometimes. That's just like Christmas sometimes. It's messy. It's complicated. And it's... Now, everybody together. One, two, three. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. (laughs) So good. See, no, 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 you stay there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see how much more we can get tangled. <laughs> Let's just go. Christmas, Christmas. I've got to talk about this because we're unwrapping this today. Truth be told, that for a lot of us and each one of us, we can separate the two, Christ and Mass. But here's the truth, is that it's Christmas. Truth be told, that if we take Christ out of Christmas, can you hold that one up there for a moment? We're just left with mass <laughs> and uh, you know, a whole lot of just mass, massive activity, <laughs> massive deadlines, massive head- headache for some of us, just a whole lot of mass. But the beautiful thing is, is that Christ, we've got to have Christ. We've got to have Christ in this. You can put that mass down for a moment. I'll take that off you. In fact, the front row can have it. There you go. And that's what we're talking about today, that. We're unwrapping Christmas. 
And I can't, can't go past this today, that as we focus upon Christmas, I need to focus on Christ today. Because this is such an important part of what we do. Whether you're new to this or used to this, we're going to focus for these next few moments on the Christ of Christmas. Can you give Tiffany a round of applause? You can take that with you. Some child one day might like that. One child of yours. See, the disciple John said these words. Remember the disciple that saw Jesus with his own eyes said these words. So the word, which was Jesus, the living expression of God became human and made his home amongst us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. You see, I've got to say this, Christmas is about a person. Christmas is about a person. And if we miss the person, we miss the point. <laughs> we miss the point. I've been reading some articles lately and they say, you know, four out of five millennials don't know who the baby is in the nativity scene. It's 80% of millennials don't understand that there's a child that we can recognize and know, the Son of God, that it's Jesus. In the same way, I read another interesting article, and it was entitled this, How to Get Away with No Gifts This Christmas. <laughs> I thought, oh, it's a nice thought. You know, people want to cut back. But really, to me, it actually misses the whole point. It's a season of generosity. And love and giving. You don't have to be affluent to give. You don't have to be affluent to be generous. In fact, I've been some of the poorest parts of the whole world. And right there I found generosity. Found generosity and, and love. But once again, if you miss the person, you miss the point. Because we're generous one to another. Because of the generosity of God. That Christmas is about a person. A person. You see, Christ, I don't know whether you know this, but Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's actually a description of who he is. Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. Do you know there was 322 prophecies about Jesus, at least 322 prophecies about Jesus, some thousands of years before he took his first breath. And they were, they were speaking about how he would come into the world, that he'd come to a virgin girl. I mean, just that's miraculous right there. A 14-year-old girl that he would be born in... Bethlehem. It spoke, these prophecies spoke about how he would come to the world, who would come to see him, all amazing things. You see, here's the thing is that it's God coming to earth. Wow. Can you all say wow for a moment? Let's just pretend we've never heard this before, that God came to earth for us. You'd say, what compelled him? What compelled God to come out of his glory and come to earth? Well, his love. His love. His love, it says once again, that same writer in John 1, John 3, he, the, the writer, the disciple said, you know, that God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world. That whoever believed on him would have life and life for all eternity. It was love that made Christmas. It was love that decided Christmas. It was love, the love of the Father. Do you remember when you discovered 
Anybody been in love here? Let me go back. Anybody been in love here? Come on, put your hands up. That's not a rhetorical question. Who's still in love? Thank you. I'm glad my wife put her hand up for both times. Not only she fell in love. I mean, I remember falling in love. I remember it. I was a builder at the time. I remember being on the work site and singing. Um, you know, she was only 16. Only 16. That's how old she was. Oh, I love that girl so. She was too young to fall in love. And I was too young to know. Some of you are too young to know the song, but that's all right. And I remember thinking, man, I love this girl, but she actually loves me back. That feeling of love back to me. It was a, it was a person. Imagine this for a moment. Having an understanding, a revelation that God, the person, Jesus, loves you. He doesn't even know me. He's not interested in me. He just wants to judge. No, he doesn't. The God of the Bible is a God of absolute besotted affection towards you. If you've ever doubted his love, you've got to see a manger. If you, have, you doubted his love, you've got to see God coming to earth in a manger. God's son that he loved us. You know why this is brilliant? Because all of a sudden God doesn't just become this big guy in the sky. You know, the guy up there and you know, the big guy in the sky. All of a sudden he becomes somebody that knows me and loves me. Why? Because Christmas is about a person. It's about a person. So here's the first Christmas stocking filler for you today. I want you to go home with this. Know that you are loved and treasured by God. Can I say that again? Because I want nobody to miss that today. <laughs> no matter your background, no matter what you came in here, you thought the roof was going to cave in. No, it didn't. <laughs> I walked in here and it didn't cave in, so you're okay. I'm telling you. I want you to know that you are loved and treasured by God. <laughs> Christmas is about a person. I love this prophecy given by Isaiah some 500 or 600 years before Jesus even came to earth. Then it was repeated by Matthew in Matthew 1.23. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. You say, wow, a virgin never been with a man conceiving a child? That's miraculous. That's supernatural. Absolutely. The God that we serve is supernatural. When you step into a life relationship with him, be ready, be expectant for supernatural things to take place in your life, you see. This is what it says. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. You see, I love nicknames. <laughs> my name's Jono. That's a nickname from grade one. I got Jono. My real name is Jonathan. Don't call me Jonathan. My mum calls me that when I'm in trouble. You know, the full name. You know how your mums do that. Jonathan Edward Kerridge. And it's like, well, I'm in trouble. Uh, I got Jono from grade one. That's my nickname. Jesus was actually quite a common name. Uh, when Jesus came into the world, it's quite a common name. If you go to Spanish countries, even Mexico and those kind of places, Jesus is still a common name. A few years ago, I was in San Diego down the border there of Mexico and in a Mexican restaurant. And uh, the gentleman's name was Jesus, except, you know, they call him Jesus, Jesus. And he 
was waiting on us in this Mexican restaurant. It was the most spiritual meal I've ever had because every time he served us, I'd say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Served us another drink. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man, it was so good. But the scripture says here that, you know what? He won't be just known by the name Jesus. He'll be known by the name Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. I want you all to hear that. He's the God that is with us. This is the second thought. Not only is Christmas about a person. The second thought is Christmas is personal. Christmas is personal. He's not God with me. Yes, he is, but not just me. Oh, those holy people on stage or the incredible pastor that flossed on stage. Yeah, she must be really spiritual. I love you, Lorette. Don't you love Pastor Lorette? I knew she'd be the one that would give it a go. But you know what? For each one of us, we can know God is with us. He is personal. Personal Savior. A personal God. I love those first visitors we saw uh, coming down the aisle before. The first visitors that came and saw Jesus. Remember, there were the shepherds. Shepherds were considered the lowliest of the low in Jesus' day. The shepherds came. They worshipped Jesus. And then there was the kings who were the highest of highs in Jesus' day. Just to remind us from those first visitors that no matter who you are, no matter your background, the lowest of the low to the highest of the high, that we come and he can be God with us, Emmanuel. I love that Jesus was born in a manger. He wasn't born in a palace. Imagine that. God of the universe deciding to come to something normal and average. The manger just to remind us that his message, his life is not exclusive. But it's for each one of us that God can be with each one of us. So I need to say this, that, you know, God became real personal for me when I was six years old, young. He came personal to me when I was six years old. I was in a church meeting and uh, I didn't hear much, much of the message. I was in the second or third row. Came to a time at the end of the message when the pastor began to say, you know what, you can receive salvation and receive Jesus and in that moment, there was revelation in my heart. I wasn't a particularly bad kid or a particularly good kid. But I had a revelation that something inside of me was missing. And the pastor prayed and he brought people out the front that had made that decision. I was there with two, three others down the front. And I remember in those moments, Jesus, God of the Bible, becoming personal to me. One of the kids' workers took me outside and began to say, do you know, do you feel something in your heart today? I remember just going, yeah, I actually do. From that moment to now, I'm 43, some 30-odd years later, there's been these stepping stones of God's goodness, just knowing without a shadow of doubt His personal nature in my own life, that He's not distant. There's been time of silence, but I'm knowing that He is close to me, that there is a God of the universe that cares for me and loves me and he's a personal God. He is God with us. Is he that for you today? Is he God with you today? He wants to be. He is God with us. Here's the second stocking filler for today is this. We're praying for you to experience God's love, generosity and grace. Is in those moments as a six-year-old boy 
I experienced the embrace of the Heavenly Father pouring His love into my heart. Some of you experience religion or a service, but I want to say to you today, the God that has created the very surroundings in which we live, and don't you love that, living on the Tweed Coast? That same God that has designed and made those things is the same God that this Christmas, in these moments, wants to wrap His loving arms around you so that you can experience the love of God. Through Jesus. Ben, I want you guys to come. This passage of Scripture in Luke 2, 8 to 12 says this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you Good news that will bring great joy to all people. Read these next two words with me. The Savior, Messiah. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Once a year, a priest in these days, would go before God with the sacrifice. The sacrifice was to cover all the people's sins, would cover the sins of the people. And it was in those moments that a holy and righteous God would receive the perfect sacrifice that He required. This perfect sacrifice would be an animal without spot, blemish, without defect. These shepherds, in the field, particularly around Bethlehem, their whole mission was to nurture these lambs from the time that they were born. To nurture them so they would be spotless lambs without defect. They wouldn't break a leg or scratch themselves on a stone. So they would nurture them. They would cuddle them. Quite often they would take them to a stable would take this sacrificial lamb that was going to be a sacrificial lamb and take them to a stable. And then in those first weeks and days that this lamb was born, they would lay these lamb in a protective nature in a food trough wrapped in strips of clothing, strips of cloth. And so you can imagine these shepherds coming into the manger that day, being shepherds that had nurtured sacrificial lambs in many times before looking down on a child who was in a a manger who was wrapped in strips of cloth understanding that in that moment that this is a man now who has become the sacrificial lamb for the sins of all the people not just to cover the sins of the people but to take the sins of the people man and God can be reconciled And in that moment, realizing not not only is this the sacrificial lamb, but this is the priest who would go by himself to God and be the mediator between God and man to make God and man one at oneness. The atonement is found right there. You see, Jesus lived a life we couldn't live and he died a death we should have died. But I'm so grateful for Jesus that He came on our behalf so that you and I could know the smile of heaven in our lives. You see, Christmas is about a person. 
Christmas is personal. But friend, this is possibly the most important part is that Christmas is powerful. Christmas is powerful. Those words I got you to speak just a moment ago, the Savior, that Jesus is known as the Savior, the Rescuer. We teach our kids like you do, I'm sure, living in this area that when they're in water and if they're stuck in a rip, first of all, they've got to recognize they're stuck in a rip. And then what do we tell them to do? Come on, where's my lifeguards at? To recognize they're in a rip and to wave their hands. I say, kids, don't deny you're in a rip. Don't fight against it. That's just trouble. Just wave your hands around. Say, hey, Dad, <laughs> yell out. Go with it. Wave your hands. You say, well, I'm, I don't need rescuing. I'm doing quite fine at the moment. I don't need a Savior. I don't need a powerful Christmas God. Thank you. Really? Really? How's that going? I, I don't mean to be smart by that, but how's it really going? I don't mean the Instagram you. I don't mean the Facebook you, I mean the real you. When it's dark and quite often alone and you're saying, what's this all about anyway? Is this about the paycheck because that doesn't seem to satisfy? Is it about this external stuff because that comes and goes? Oh. And you ask those questions like we all have. And that friend in those moments, in those whispers, I want you to understand that there is something more. Relationship with a God who loves you. He is powerful. He is a powerful God that can move in our hearts. His power to heal your heart. His power to give you a future and a hope. He has power to move in your life. His power to redeem and restore. His power to give you hope because Christmas is powerful. I've been reading something in these Gospels that I haven't seen before. When these kings that had traveled from afar to come and give their gifts of worship to Jesus, they, they say that possibly these kings were from Egypt or Africa or something. So they traveled months to get to Bethlehem. They traveled months on camelback. They, they, they were wise men and they were astrologers and they had heard the prophecies that there would be a star, a star in the sky that would lead them to the king of all kings. And so for months they followed this star and then it stopped over a manger at Bethlehem and they followed, they came. And when I read this from the Gospels the last couple of weeks, I've never seen this before, but the Bible says that when they had come and they had counted Jesus, they returned home in a different direction, in a different way from when they came. As I read it, God spoke to me and said, John, I want you to tell the people on the 23rd that when they come and encounter Jesus, they're going to go home different. They're going to go home different. They're not going to come in. They're not going to go out the way that they came in. You see, friends, that is the message of Jesus. That is not just a religious form, but it's connecting with a life force of heaven that none of us, none of us could possibly, we could possibly live without, but we can't do without Him because He is good and He's gracious in all His ways. Friends, today there's going to be hope that comes into people's hearts at the end of a decision. So here's the stocking filler for us right here. Stocking filler is this. Receive 
His wonderful salvation. Receive His wonderful salvation. You say, how do I do that, Jono? Do I have to, you know, do special things? Do I have to attend church at certain times? Do I have to go certain places? Do I have to look the right way? I love what the Bible says. Romans 10.9 If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. You will be saved. You see, as a six-year-old boy down the front there, I didn't live, had never lived the kind of life that I'd been bad, bad enough to need God. But you know what? God didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. He came to bring life and color to each one of our lives. I love this scripture. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. I love these words. You will be saved. Friend, today we're in 2018, 2018 years AD from the year of our Lord. His birth split time into what can he do in your life? What can he do in your future? Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are touched by God's word. If you would like to know more about Tweed Coast Church, please visit tweedcoastchurch.com.au.